Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date, Sunday the 9th of April, 2023. Hi, booking under the name Pal Kenzie. Kenzie, Pal, replacement guest, Inspector Colin Davis. Welcome to a week of serenity. Your treatment schedule is now on your device. Your biometrics, including your voice pattern, have been stored on our servers to enhance and secure your experience. Your data will be erased in seven days in accordance with your right to be forgotten. To accept, please say, consent. Consent. Please enjoy full access to our facilities. Right. Kaunek and John. Greetings to you. I'm Nick Briggs. He's Big Finish senior producer John Ainsworth. This is Big Finish audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Welcome, John. Hello. Sorry for not being Benji, but I'll do my no, best. <laughs> I accept your apologies. Thank you. Oh, it's lovely to be here. So, in a moment, Nick and I will be chatting about me and my job and anything else that we want to talk about yes the weather and i should explain that benji is busy in studio sound engineering a top secret eighth doctor production for us all this week the good review guide known to some as the good review guy apparently reviews the reviews <laughs> of last year's international women's day's release protectors of time canine canine then we go behind the scenes with the latest star cops release based on the classic 1980s beef beef beefy bbc <laughs> sci-fi series uh, created by the late truly great chris boucher and uh, this box set is entitled the high frontier 2 it's released on tuesday the 11th of april right then apart from get me nails done what's there to see and do and following that it'll be time for listeners emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com more outstanding content via our electronic mail inbox. And thank you for navigating past my typo in that sentence. Uh, in our also available segment this week, we'll be investigating investigating <laughs> volume six of the highly acclaimed Doctor Who spin-off series, The Robots, inspired by the classic 1977 TV story. Did I get the year right? I think I did. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, the Robots of Death and the character of Liv Chenka, played by the rather wonderful Nicola Walker, and it's released on Thursday the 13th of April. This production is respectfully dedicated to Chris Boucher. Then the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount, deftly attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Great for her. At this stage of the proceedings, neither Nick nor I know what it is. But through the magic of editing it in later, here's a clue. Please be aware that we do not wish to kill you. Then, because this week is a special week with three releases, count them, one, two, three, we preview our latest Jerry and Sylvia Anderson-inspired audio, Stingray, and an outrageous episode entitled Terror Fake. I say it's outrageous, I wrote it. Uh, released <laughs> on Friday the 14th of April. Once we're in the flow of it, I could couldn't remember whose voice was making that voice. I, it just, I was totally immersed. So, well done, boys. And finally, as always, we round off, in capital letters, the podcast <laughs> with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's Star Cops The High Frontier 2, Old Flame, New Fire by Alison Winter, which is released on Tuesday, 11th of April. Do you want me to keep searching for information on Alice Okoro, Nathan? Uh, yes, and anything pertaining to the collective. 
Box, how difficult is it to cover up making edits to digital files? It should not be possible. All edits are recorded and protected by complex firewall sequences. So, uh, the reason the off is in capital letters in the script there yes. is because Benji kept saying something else. Oh. I, can't, I can't remember what he said, but it wasn't off. So I put it in capital letters. What else would he say? I can't remember. Are we round on, I don't know. We round on the podcast. Did you want me to do it again or without the... No, no, you know, it's fine. Okay. You know, as, as everyone knows, this is all live. When you're listening to it, yeah. be actually, we're sitting... Next door to wherever you are, <laughs> just reading this through a <laughs> through the letterbox. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, John, uh, tell us about being senior producer at Big Finish Productions. Yes. Well, what's the job? I suppose uh, mm. it's like it's basically keeping the the machine of Big Finish running, sort of oiling the wheels. I mean, everything sort of rolls along to some extent on its own, but. Um, I just need to sort of keep keep in contact with all the different producers and sound designers, basically everyone who's working on individual productions for Big Finish, just making sure communication lines are open, people are aware of when things need to be ready by, um, and suggesting, you know, sound designer names for, for productions that need sound designers. So that's sort of it in a nutshell, but it, it fills the days, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to think about, isn't there? Yes, yes. And a lot of chatting with you, of course, which is very important. <laughs> <laughs> they are important high-level conversations, I think you'll find, John. They are indeed, yes. Creative decisions are made. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, how come you got the job? I got the job. I applied for it. Uh, uh, well, David Richardson had been senior producer for I think it was 15 years which is incredible really um, and bizarrely enough I think I don't think David would mind me saying this but I, I actually suggested him for the the job all those years ago you did you um, did. because David well David and I knew each other socially for you know going back into the 80s Doctor Who phantom but we also worked together at Visual Imagination where David was a editor possibly even senior editor there might be a link there um, uh, for quite some time and and I think at the point that we back then were looking for a senior uh, uh, you know well, it wasn't called senior producer then we called it? it a line producer line producer yeah. that's right uh, same job <laughs> yes well it's evolved hasn't it as Big Finish has evolved and got bigger yeah. you know um, so yes uh, I think I knew that David might be available and interested and I knew he had the skills and uh, that were really appropriate to that sort of organisation so David got it, did it for 15 years, and then David's decided to uh, take a little step down from it. He's still working on lots of big finished productions as, uh, you know, an actual producer. Yeah. Um, and that's when the opportunity came, came up. And uh, so I threw my hat into the ring and was very happy to be offered the job, really. So, I, yeah. I've done lots of jobs for Big Finish over the year, and now yeah, I've come back and done done it from this end. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's, um, uh, are you staying for a while, uh, at least until the end of the podcast? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm I'm not not putting my coat on just yet. So uh, no, I am enjoying it. It's I mean it's good to have, it is a very busy job, but it's enjoyable. Not least of all because because I know Big Finish so well and know a lot of the people 
work on it and and of course love what we do and you know the products that we make and um so it's it's yeah i really enjoy it Very so happy. what's the most rewarding bit for you hmm. i won't ask you the opposite question <laughs> just, just to make you feel safe i think it, it's weird i don't i think it's just keeping things moving uh and of course there's you know there's room for sort of innovation and doing you know finding better ways of doing things more efficient ways you know making life i mean really the aim is we all want to be doing the bits of a job particularly when you're producing something you want to do the bits you really enjoy you know working on scripts but of course there does come an awful lot of um paperwork and stuff that comes with it like contracts yeah. and things so yes. i think to sort of streamline those things as much as possible uh, so that the maximum amount of time can be spent on the the good stuff, the creative stuff, the stuff that you actually hear when you listen to a production, uh, is that that's always really the aim, I would say. Uh, so that's quite enjoyable, sort of exploring how we can do things better. Um, yeah, that really. <laughs> and um, can we shock ourselves by recalling how long we've known each other? Oh, gosh. Oh, God, how many years is it? I mean, it would be... I'm not sure I could even put a year on it. When did we meet? 1980-something? 1980-something. Like the mid-80s? Well, it must maybe. have been... Well, I always always work out the time by remember, trying to remember what Doctor Who was on when, when certain things were happening. So... Ah, yeah. I think we certainly... It must have been during Colin Baker's time. It I was. Said. So we're yeah. talking, what, 85, 86, I would have thought then, aren't we? Uh, probably. Yeah, I suppose so. Yes, because I remember... When we were working on very early audiovisuals, that you know, the, Shadow World, we recorded that in my flat in Balham. The, uh, the or, audiovisuals, for those who don't know, are, are um, amateur Doctor Who plays that we did, rehearsing our skills all those years ago. The forerunner to Big Finish, really. But, yes, uh, yeah. um, yes, and so that, that was when I was living in Balham, uh, briefly. So, yeah, that must have been 84, 85. Yeah. So how long ago is that? So, let's work it out. <laughs> That's sort I don't of know 33, why we're putting ourselves through this. 38 years? Good God. How many, sorry? 38? Is that right? 38 years. Well, it must be if it's 90. Oh, well, it's 23 God. now, so that's 33. Yeah, 38 years. <laughs> I know. I've never worked This is the podcast before. when I realised how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've known, yes. We've known each other longer than we were alive at the point we met. <laughs> what's that isn't that called sort of disaster statistics or something oh is it yeah it's, it's working things out like that like oh it's as long now from the three doctors as it was when i was going for oh. coffee at half past 10 or whatever i don't know yes <sighs> i don't know what that says though or why it's a disaster but uh <laughs> I yes why it's fine isn't it <laughs> yes i don't have a problem with it you know well it's just that i remember being young yes listeners i do and um and you know people my age that i am now i just thought that they were you know should be put in a field to eat grass really. <laughs> yes people seem a lot older and then yeah. when you get to that age you think oh it's actually just the same really no. But then you see young people looking at you and sort of thinking of you as a... a yeah. Round. What are you talking about and reminiscing? But, but that's the... I think Talk, that's, Speaking almost a different language sometimes. 
But isn't that interesting, even just in Doctor Who terms, you know, particularly as, you know, when the series came back in 2005, it sort of brought this sort of new lot of fans, basically, who obviously are a lot younger, some of who work for Big Finish now. And I just think that's really interesting that, you know, all this mass of Doctor Who that happened before they were even born, you know, just must seem like sort of ancient history, really. You know, and yet there's these people still hanging around like us who remember it and were there and can say they met Patrick Troughton and things like that, you know. And <laughs> I just, I'm still not, I'm, I'm, I'm always intrigued about how they perceive that and what it feels like. And because it's, you know, they're interested in Doctor Who. So there is a sort of connection there. It's not just like you're just sort of some random person from nowhere, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it is. Did you meet Patrick Troughton? Very briefly, yes. I shook his hand. I was dressed as a Yeti. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, uh, nice. I've Uh, got a photograph to prove it. Not that you can tell I'm in the Yeti costume, but uh, it was a a charity walk across the the bridges of London uh, uh over the Thames on a really cold day. It must have been January or February. Uh, Quite nice to be inside a Yeti. Well, that's why I chose it, because it it was... uh, (laughs) I, I don't know how, but I was, they wanted lots of people to be there in costumes. And there was a, a guy called Paul Zeus who used to do a lot of the Doctor Who conventions and he had loads of Doctor Who costumes. And I thought, it's going to be freezing. I, and the Yeti would be really warm. I mean, it was also really heavy as well. <laughs> but um, So I did it. And, uh, and, and as soon as Patrick Troughton arrived, he was in costume and he saw the Yeti stroke me. And... He immediately sort of play play acting up to it, and uh, and there was one bit where he and Nick Courtney saw me on the other end of Tower Bridge, yeah, and uh, and and Pat Triton saw me. He said, "Come on, Brigadier!" And he marched up to me and he pretended to get the little silver ball out of my chest, and then pretended to drop it and juggle with it, and was going, "Oh my word! Oh my word!" And somebody videoed it, and I don't know who it was. I've never seen the video. Oh. I just I thought oh, that's a real shot. I would love to see that. So if anyone's listening. It was on Tower Bridge and videoed that. Please send it in. <laughs> yes, please, immediately. Uh, just email it to podcast at bigfinish.com. Um, I, I asked him a question at the Longleat Convention in 1983. Aww. And I've been telling the story for years about the stupid question I asked him. Um, and then I think Keith Barnfather released a video all about the Longleat Convention and he had some footage from it. <gasps> and I told the story and, and then they played the clip. Oh, wow. You can't see me, but you can hear me. Because of course the camera's on Patrick Charlton. Yeah. So, and it's almost word for word exactly the same as I tell the story. So it's one of those lovely, rare examples where <laughs> people remember things correctly. Because you know what I mean. You yeah. Know, just uh, distort things. Yeah. As, as a former Doctor Who producer said, the memory cheats. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't know we'd be talking about you as a Yeti with Patrick. <laughs> Not did I. <laughs> Right, time now for our good review guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised, this week we're looking at the 8th of March 2, Protectors of Time. From Big Finish Productions, the 8th of March, Protectors of Time. Built by my people. Unknown, Master Birok. Ah! K9! K9! Where are you? 
and the service ducts of a pan-dimensional tesseract on the edge of collapse. What are they? Keep up, Flick. They're clearly robots. Doctor? Um, pardon? It's you. The man I kissed on another planet. Okay, that's too much information about my dad. Ugh, don't let them get close. Ugh, they grip like iron. Is this what you do? Save the world? Ow! <laughs> Rather a lot lately. But my main occupation is liberating beautiful things from unappreciative owners. Hence, my interest in the diamond. Everyone out! This way! Oh, did you have a plan? <clears throat> Not usually. Right now, it's kick all the robots until they stop. Oh. We won't get much further. Our trajectory is bringing us down near the base. Bright spot impact! <gasps> We're crashing! It's, it's alright, no, no worry. You know, think of this as all part of the fun and, and well, just hold on tight, that's all. Enough! Guards, secure the prisoners. They will witness the final phase. Rio, stop! No! No, Rio, don't go down there! The new family. The new time. The new time. The new the Prism is patented tech owned wholly by the 5th Index, its subsidiaries and its private stockholders. The 5th Index asserts its exclusive right to use of the Prism, its planetary franchises and any and all planetary trademarks, logos and brands. This is starting to make a bizarre kind of sense. Is it though? Big Finish. For the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type protectors into the search pane at the top to find this one. I don't know whether that will work. Do you, have you got the Big Finish website up? I can get it up. So hold on. Because I don't think we do the protectors. The that's not the it, ITC is it? series. Is that what we're no, referring no. to? What? <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's why I'm saying that if we did the protectors, that ah, would come up. it was the ITC series starring Robert Vaughan. It's also produced by Jerry so, Anderson. So what comes up? Uh, eight for March two protectors of time comes up. Hooray! It works. Plus Good. another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been a podcast about. That. Yes, it would. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a year ago. Well, over a year ago. There we go. So this is from warp, warpedfactor.com and written by Tony Filer. Now, can I just stop you there? Yes. Um, you can. <laughs> um, have you heard the podcast when we've talked about Tony Filer? No. Or at least Do I don't remember. remember. Okay. Well, well, you know, this is just fun for me to explain it for you, for, for the listeners to hear this. Um, you know Claws of Axos? Yes. Filer, as in the, the Axon clone sort of thing. Yeah. Bill, Bill Filer. Yeah. Yeah. So we... I've always said that Tony Filer is his son. <laughs> okay. In spite of the fact that Bill Filer's fictional and um, and that Filer is spelt differently. <laughs> well, don't let those things stand in the way. <laughs> well, for good story. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I always have to say, must distribute Axonite. <laughs> oh, no, he says, must stop distribution of Axonite. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Right. Do I, carry on. I will carry on now. I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it in that accent. Though. No. <laughs> well, you can try. <clears throat> okay. So, Bill Filer's son writes that <laughs> the second 8th of March box set is a bright and shiny thing, such as would catch the eye of Lady Christina. 
It shows women in a handful of corners of the universe being powerful, self-determining, compassionate, clever, collaborative, caring and cool. It also tells some seriously good science fiction stories with enormous gusto, and one ecological story with a never-ending hope. The 8th of March 2, Protectors of Time, is a feel-good collection of empowering stories that will leave you wanting more of everything it gives. Now, isn't that a good review? It's a very good review. But, but I mean, isn't it well written? I was about to say it's well written because I didn't find it difficult to say. And, yeah. and, and that's a good sign, isn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, is, <clears throat> Tony is a very good writer. Yeah. Good. Apparently he's going to be doing a podcast soon. We're still waiting for it. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'm not, I, this isn't bullying, Tony. I'm just saying get on with it. <laughs> we're, dying, we're dying to hear. Um, also, perhaps you, in your podcast you could include uh, this incredible character. I think he's some sort of clown. Enormous gusto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Enormous Who's gusto. gusto. Who's eating all the pies? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Blog to Who is another one here. Peter Nolan. Now, uh, Benji and I have fashioned an entire career history for Peter Nolan. Uh, okay. So, uh, doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't even know whether Peter listens to the podcast, but we apparently he's an actor from the 1970s oh. who did a, did a lot of um, sitcoms. Also, was a singer as well. Yeah. None of this is true. <laughs> oh, oh! I, I was believing you then. I, I know. You see, we, and I don't know whether Peter ever listens to this. We get last week. We went on for about ten minutes about Peter Nolan making up about his comedy partnership with Reg Varney and oh. how he sang the theme tune of Nine Out of Ten, oh. uh, his, his first sitcom, which wasn't quite the the second one was. But anyway, it's just not true. I don't know why I'm even. Going see, I, I was just about to tell you. I. I'd been watching George and Mildred and I was going to wonder if he was going to crop up in that. But, what, but sadly, I'll be waiting a long time, won't I? So. You will. <laughs> the bizarre thing is that this morning I got an email from Peter Nolan. Ah. But it was spam. It's some business email. I thought you were going to say it was a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming next week. <laughs> to podcast at bigfinish.com. Um, yeah. Um, so, so how can... That's sort of that's like a conspiracy theory, isn't it? Like when people say, you know, uh, I made one inquiry about printers, and then suddenly my Facebook page was full of adverts for printers. Yeah. You know, um, so uh, like uh, me and a friend of mine, uh, an American fan, dear friend uh, Shelley in America, we um, we deliberately had a Facebook conversation, a private com, a messenger conversation about pink helicopters, just to <laughs> test the theory, but. There were no adverts for pink helicopters. Oh. But it's weird that we go on a lot about Peter Nolan and then I get this spam email to yeah. Peter Nolan. I mean, what are the chances of that? I mean, I do think it's just a random connection. Well, What do you think, folks? Well, there are... There is a sort of theory about it that you know when that's what sort of conspiracy. It's actually just making connections between things that don't actually have connections, but you're noticing things. So if Peter Nolan's in your mind, you you know, and then an email arrives, you you it's going to spring out at you, you know. Yes. So I think a lot of uh, those sort of theories come from that it's coincidence really. isn't it which is such an unattractive theory but it is coincidence because there yeah. are so many billions of us and if you think of each person having billions of sort of uh consequences of actions firing out of them like lines yeah and then all the other billions of people with all their billions of, of lines they're they they cannot not cross 
No. So, and those crossing points are coincidences, coincidences of actions and and who you know and stuff like that. So it's um, yes, and it's just the ones that have meaning to us that sort of leap out at us that we notice. But there's probably an awful lot of other things happening that goes unnoticed that you know you could make a connection with. My first experience of sort of that kind of thing when I was a child is that uh, at school, when I was just leading up to the release of the film Waterloo, about the Battle of Waterloo, at my junior school, they decided to cover the Battle of Waterloo, probably because they knew there was going to be a big movie on it. And so two things happen. I didn't know there was going to be a movie. And when the teacher had finished the few lessons talking about it, he said, and there's a movie coming out this year. Well, film, as we would have said in those days. Yes. Um, uh, And I thought, what a coincidence. And then, of course, the Battle of Waterloo is an extremely significant battle in in military history. But I'd never heard of it before as a child. But then I noticed it was being mentioned all the time and people saying, you really met your Waterloo there. (laughs) And, and of course, then the ABBA song and all that. And I thought, oh, God, you know, isn't it a coincidence that because I've learnt about it? And, of course, it's not. It's exactly what you're saying. It's just because I've been made aware of it. And then I realise how much it gets mentioned generally in our culture. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good illustration of it, isn't it? So, yes, Peter Nolan, there was a Captain Peter Nolan at the Battle of Waterloo. That's not true either. Uh, uh, The pick and mix nature of the 8th of March (laughs) means the set will have something for everyone, including Peter Nolan, we hope. And the very fact that it brings together stars from so many of Big Finish's ranges, from Gallifrey and Jenny to Lady Christina and the Third Doctor Adventures, underscores the important role that female characters of strength, independence and wit have always played in this universe. That's another great. I, I mean, I know yeah. we only read out the good ones, but it's no, nice but it's it. it's very nicely put together and expressed. Is what you're what saying? What would you give it out of ten? How many Tardises? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Next. Oh no, you're not going to tell me. Oh, uh, oh, do you want me to give? Oh, do you mean give the review? I thought you meant. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll give that four Tardises. Yeah. Oh. Out of how many? A hundred? Five. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's just... But I think I might give uh, uh, Tony Filer's one five. That was very good. Okay, we're just... I want to set up a bit of competition between, <laughs> between the reviewers. Yes. Rivalry. <laughs> I mean, Tony's aware because someone, someone contacted him and said, do you realise that Nick Briggs and Benji... Clifford keep going on about Make, you in the making fun out of you <laughs> yes making fun of your name so he wrote in it's a very witty email of course very well written email so what do, what what history have you made up for Ian McArdle then nothing okay he's he's, he's like he's a blank he's slate like a, he's a blank <laughs> sorry he's Ian. nothing to me <laughs> you've been ignored you're you're not considered worthy of a fictional biography I'm afraid I bet he's mightily relieved oh well Ian McArdle Uh, writes for cultbox.co.uk and he has said uh, although all different in tone there are three entertaining tales Stolen Futures has the feel of a Romana focused The Companions of Doctor Who novel while Prism is more like a holiday special bringing two heroes together as a one-off for us however it's the turn of the tides which impresses the most Rani fills the shoes of a young Sarah Jane Smith admirably, and there's boundless potential in pairing her with the seasoned explorer, Joe. Jack feels like a character with further potential to explore too. We will gladly take some more adventures with this trio. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Trio. That was a chocolate bar. Um, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I th- Ian McArdle always refers 
to he he, he speaks as cult box so he says we right very inclusive Inter- yes yeah, very inclusive pronoun it could be just him and his cat it? yes <laughs> well that's the uh, i've just discovered a few facts about ian mccartle ah yeah he does he's he has seven cats really all, are you making this up them, all of them are highland wild cats <laughs> Why would I ever make up something about a review? <laughs> that would be mad. Anyway, and on Twitter, at uh, 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 Carl Will four two six zero one three three seven. Always lovely catch. Chips off the tongue. Yes. It just does. It's great. <laughs> this second eighth of March set has been more successful for me. Three st- three very good stories, great characters worth celebrating. On any day, exclamation mark. Mm. Always enjoy uh, at LM Miles, Elizabeth Miles, that is, okay. contributions. And looking forward to hearing more from the two new Lady BF contributors here who've hit the ground running. Oh! Well done. Good. How many How many TARDISes for that one, then? I'd give that three uh, and a half TARDISes. But like the one in... Um, uh, the mind robber with um, Wendy Padbury holding onto the console spinning off. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, okay. That, that's the half a TARDIS. Okay. Wait, 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 I see. Three well, TARDISes well, and a console. Yeah, and, the, and half a door or something. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And her <laughs> screaming every time she reads it. <laughs> okay. So that's um, where are we? And that's it for the good review guy. Oh, this thank week. goodness. Next week, we will be looking at the reviews for Torchwood, The Black Knight. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. A look behind the scenes at The Robots, Volume 6, plus the Randomoid Selectatron, totally randomly, randomly, so <laughs> random as my mouth, uh, giving you a 25% discount on an audio adventure from Big Finish. Nice. But first... Let's go behind the scenes with Star Cops, The High Frontier 2. Let's. I'm Ali and I wrote Old Flame, New Fire. The inspiration for this episode came when it was um, in the breakdown. They wanted to set a story in Liverpool and feature Paul's background. I love Liverpool and I'm a big fan of Phil as an actor. So I really wanted to get something meaty out there. I started thinking along a sort of Blood Brothers lines of some kind of conflict between either an old lover or a literal brother and came up with the idea of this character Anton and Paul's previous life as an undercover cop. So I thought there'd be quite a lot of darkness in there, which is always good fun. Philip Olivier and I play Paul Bailey. Right then, apart from getting my nails done, what's there to see and do? Mm, You've got the McCartney Museum, if you like classic music. There's nothing like a walk around the docks. And the open-top buses are world-class. Oh. There's the Three Graces on the waterfront. The Three Graces? Graces. It's nice that we go back to Liverpool, Paul's hometown, and we get a bit of a backstory. I was reading the script and I was over the moon to go, wow, we get to see my mum here. Obviously, we find his, um, hence the title, Old Flame. Uh, and it's nice to, it's a bit like an m- emotional roller coaster. I remember reading the script going, I can't wait to get my teeth into this. I watched all the television series, and um, by the end of it, I was obsessed, really. And then listened to all the Big Finish continuing adventures, and yeah, I think they're the characters that live on inside my brain, and probably always will. So that's great fun. 
I'm Linda Newton and I play acting chief superintendent Pal Kenzie. Kenzie starts the, the episode a bit peeved. She's overworked. She's acting in a more senior role. There's no backup to replace her role. They're, you know, they're a police officer down. Nathan's doing two jobs. She's had her leave cancelled. She's grumpy and she's letting Nathan know it because they've got a long history so she's not afraid to let Nathan know how grumpy she is. But she's always a copper. They're all a bit grumpy. Nathan's grumpy in this episode. Devis is grumpy because he gets interrupted on his holiday. But when push comes to shove, they're immediately onto it. So they drop everything to like, yep, we're onto this. Just having listened to David and Linda do their scene and and hearing those voices that I've fallen in love with in the last few months and then hearing them do my script is quite amazing. She does quite a bit of sleuthing in this. She probably drives a lot of what's going on. She works out what's going on, even though she's grumpy. <laughs> and she doesn't want to have a holiday at the end because she knows they're down. Paul's had some things happen during the episode that is tough on him. They're still understaffed and overworked. So she doesn't want to take the leave even though she really needs it because I think for all of them, being a copper comes first and foremost. You know, lives have been lost and lives are at stake. So leave, tiredness, grumpiness, irritability goes out the window in order to, to save lives. You've had your leave cancelled twice already. I need you recharged. Your own words. Stress. Just leave everything where I can find it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Come on, Paul. We could talk in here. Yeah, that was spot on. Thank you. Thanks all. My name is Trevor Cooper and I play Inspector Colin Davis. He's got a week off. So he's going back Earthside and somehow he's heading to a... He's going to Liverpool, but I think he's been sort of persuaded by Kenzie to go there. And he goes to a spa... The idea of divas in a spa, you know, having sort of waxing and sort of, you know, having various treatments and things. But I don't, he sort of, I, I think, you know, he's a bit sort of cynical about it. And then I get the impression he slightly gets into it by the end um, and quite enjoys a bit of pampering. I think I was the most nervous about writing for divas because when I first watched Dark Ops, the actual TV show and met that character it was such an old-fashioned way of doing things and I know that I was told they toned him down a little bit and I thought well actually this is good fun I can actually stretch my legs a bit and I did enjoy putting him in a spa situation again the game of contrast like what is the most unlikely place you'll find Tifus and I think he has a good time in there that's it <laughs> this is the captain of the Lady Madonna I think he leaps to it when um, she suddenly says there's a problem. And, you know, he ends up chasing baddies in a boat all over Liverpool Dock and out to sea and things. So it all gets very dramatic. Just go to bigfinish.com to find this one. Type High Frontier into the search pane at the top to find this great Star Cops release and the previous one, actually. And this one is out on Tuesday, the 11th of April. And don't forget, you can hear a free 15-minute drama tease of Old Flame, New Fire, the first episode from this box set at the end of this podcast. Oh.
Well, I'll mm-hmm. hang on for that. Um, Good. Oh, I'm the one editing it in, yes. Uh, meanwhile, it's time for listeners' emails. Remember, you can send your emails to this podcast simply by addressing them to podcast at bigfinish.com. Okay. So, first up, I'm going to say this properly, from George Athanasu, who has kindly provided a way to say his name, basically. I, I did. Oh, you did? I, I, I ah. looked it up. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Oh, well. I think it's Athanasiu. 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 Apologies, George. Athanasiu. <laughs> Athanasiu. Well, there we are. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, and the subject of his email is, will there be more Time War Cass? And he says... I have to say, I really enjoyed the Time War Cast box set recently. I was wondering if you have plans to continue with the storyline, or was it a one-off since the character was killed off in the Night of the Doctor short? I'm loving the alternative universe, reality timelines to the Time War, War Doctor, War Master, Benny series with the immortal David Warner, as well as all the Unbound stuff. I'm a big Finnish fan from way back. I still have the original complete Dalek Empire, four series <coughs> CDs. Which brings me to my next point. Would you ever consider reprinting CDs that are now out of print? Here in Australia, we have the boys from Sirens of Audio that keep us in touch with what you guys are doing, as well as your website. My one criticism, postage to Australia could be a bit cheaper. Maybe you could introduce an annual membership fee that would make postage free, similar to what Amazon does. Kind regards from Melbourne, Australia, George Athanasio. <laughs> Sorry. Well... Uh, would what, what's that? More cast? Is there going to be more cast? There is more cast. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I, I think I don't think it's giving anything away to say that that's the sort of start of a new uh, arc, I suppose. Um, yes. Yes, but there will be more of adventures with with, yes. with cast. That's right. Yeah. Yes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I can hear Steve Barry going. Oh, don't tell them yet. <laughs> uh, Diddly diddly dee. What was the other thing? Would we ever consider reprinting CDs that are now out of print? Possibly as collections repackaged, but no real pa- plans on, on anything there. Uh, we can't do anything about the postage rate, can we, really? No. I mean, that's. It's other people charging that. I mean, I suppose we should mention this is one of the reasons why we offer downloads, because we are aware that postage costs outside of the UK can uh, you know obviously increase the overall cost of of buying productions but um hopefully the downloads uh are seen as a a more affordable way for some people to be able to listen to things it's difficult because people are collectors and they like yeah. to have a physical item but i mean i don't know how many people still have a means of playing cds that's just the other day i wanted to get a sound effect off a cd and i thought oh i kind of where i put my cd drive <laughs> and i thought i think i'll find an alternative because i <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to have to search the house and bother my wife. <laughs> I'm always asking stupid questions. That's what husband's job, I think. Uh, next up, uh, Matt Mayhew says, Day of the Daleks and David Warner. Uh, Benji and Nick, by coincidence, I was starting my viewing of the season nine episode um, the afternoon of April the 2nd, 2023 podcast, as my brother and I do after each new collection box set. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Two brothers mm. who love Doctor Who. No one else in my family likes Doctor Who. Uh, in oh. reference to the door to the Daleks, I agree with Nick. Do you know what this is about? You didn't listen, did you? No. You have to tell but me. Benji and I were having an in-depth discussion, <laughs> very worthwhile, <laughs> about why in Day of the Daleks, you know, the controller speaks to the Daleks on a screen. Yes. And then he just pops next door to see them. They're just next door. Yeah, well, they smell, don't they? <laughs> 
or maybe the controller does and the Daleks are a bit uh... well it's one way or the other or they just yeah just don't like being in the presence of humans do they maybe it's the ogrons they don't want to keep the ogrons out basically. <laughs> <laughs> keep them out what was your um, theory uh, my theory is that it's meant to be their ship and then it didn't quite get realised in production ah. terms because in there you've got the Dalek heartbeat noise and yes and it's a it's really he's meant to he's meant to go out and go or it, there's a and it's only later in the story that it's revealed that the door to the Dalek control room is basically in the controller's control room. But then I said, it's no... I mean, you remember when we worked for the Sci-Fi Channel, the yeah. teams in the marketing department, our boss, the uh, Glenna Patton, the vice president of marketing, yes. she was in a glass office, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Well, yes. Wasn't she? Yeah. And so it wasn't odd to communicate with her by email or by phone, was it? Even though she was just the other side of the room. I suppose so. I mean, yes, that's just the way you do stuff. You I would mean, phone Glenna, wouldn't you? You'd pick up the phone and say, Glenna, can we have a word? Or you'd drop her an email. I think so. Because I suppose, actually, uh, not necessarily that Glenna did this particularly, but people who, even if they have a glass office, you know, if the door is closed, you, know, you sort of think, oh, that's because they want to be focusing on something else. Or, you know, so it's sort of, it's a sort of message not to come in. So maybe the Daleks exactly. did that. So when the door, door is shut, don't come in. Send us an email, basically. And when have... the door's open, it means come in and get killed. <laughs> yes, come and get killed, or we'll have a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> you have to guess. No pressure. <laughs> Which sort of day is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was my theory on the subject. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, and and. Uh, Matt agrees with me. I wonder if it's a studio space issue when the sets were designed as they are. There are two doors in that area. One when the controller first enters the Daleks room, which remains open from that time on. And the second, which is the sliding door in the main control room, which opens and closes several times. Given that the Daleks room has the Dalek heartbeat, I wonder if it's actually the Dalek spaceship and that there was supposed to be a secret corridor that links the two. You see, yeah, we're of one yeah. mind, Matt. Uh, which is why they talk over the screens. Perhaps there was enough space in TC4 and 8 to have this corridor or in design you weren't originally supposed to see from one side to the other but studio space uh, they aligned anyways it gives the illusion that the controller's building was built around the Dalek ship mm, yes that's a nice idea yeah, yeah. I like that. and if things go wrong uh, they can just press a button and sort of shoot off into space and, and get away it's, like their yeah, yeah. it's also their escape pod sort of thing of course, the real reason that we're all... Uh, Jonathan Carley, the war doctor for us, he, he was the one who brought this up with Benji in a you know, <laughs> okay. frivolous discussion. Um, uh, the real reason is that they just wanted to make it a sort of mysterious him talking to something that wasn't in the room. Yeah, and where were they really, sort of Yeah, thing. rather than just bursting in through the door, as they did in Evil of the Daleks, you know, bashing the doors they came through. Because eventually they do. One of them does come out, doesn't it? And, yeah, um, they do. All three of them come out, actually. They then have a chat about the, the, the time trap thing, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I vaguely remember. The magnetron. That's right. One of our favourite words. Magnetron, <laughs> which is actually part of a microwave, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I remember you being delighted because we did uh, share the same abode uh, for a while. I was your lodger. You were, um, yes. And uh, you said the man came to fix the microwave. He said, oh, your magnetron's gone. <laughs> Except we can't we can't trap anyone travelling through time anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> we can only do sausages. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
How they laughed. Uh, right. A few weeks ago, I listened to... This is still the email by Matt Mayhew, by the way, in case any of you have tuned out. Come back. It's Matt Mayhew again. Uh, a few weeks ago, I listened to David Warner's last main appearance as the Doctor in uh, Blood and Steel box set. It was a heartbreaking and very dark box set which didn't shy away from the era of European history it was set in. It showed the determination and calibre of an actor uh, he was he was to give such a fantastic and moving performance whilst battling an illness. That coupled with Lisa Bauman being on top form as always and what Bernie Summerfield went through in the story, it definitely earns its place on the top shelf of all of Doctor Who in any medium. I would also like to commend each of the writers under James Goss's producership in that box set for cleverly using the setting of 1930s Berlin wisely and calling attention to aspects that are often forgotten in other productions set in this time. I do hope that when Lisa feels that she is ready that we will hear more from our favourite archaeologist. But in the meantime, this is a superb ending to this chapter of her life. Finally, with the the behind-the-scenes music riff that has been in the podcast recently... Uh, some people are saying, you know that noise? Oh, you know, yes. That Controversial. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Is the music that one plays when the interviews shift? It's, yes, that's what he's saying. Is it? That's what I mean. I don't have any particularly strong opinion on it, OK? So don't mind if you decide to change it. Though I only assume it was there partly to transition over a track change on the CD versions, which isn't really a problem anymore. Well, it's kind of to sort of say we're moving on to the next bit. We're beginning, we're moving on to the next bit and we're ending. Yeah, John, do you think we should get a new bit of music just for the sake of, you know, the, the, well, a bit of change, really? And if some people are finding it really horrific to listen to. I suppose if it's causing undue distress to a number of listeners, um, maybe we should consider that. I mean, personally, I find it fairly inoffensive. Yeah. Although I, I suppose, actually, if I'm honest, when I have it, I thought, oh God, are we still using this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is sounding more and more like a case for changing it. it? God, are we still using this? I mean, Uh, yes, I don't think it necessarily has to be high on the list uh, of things that need to be changed. But yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be a bad idea to sort of refresh it, would it, maybe? Maybe we should have a noise a a bit like in the music for the Leisure Hive that goes... Yeah, maybe we should have ear-specific ones for each doctor or something. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) In the style of, you know, I mean, yeah, you could do a sort of Tristan Carey one, um, or the first yeah. Doctor one, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Here's to more podcasts, says Matt Mayhew. Lovely, thank you. And finally, an email. Although from... he could, he could oh. have the same reaction to podcasts that we you had to that noise. You go, oh god, are they still doing this? <laughs> well, you've got. I'm not Benji. You've got something different there, haven't you? I mean, yeah. 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 I'm not, yeah. saying, I'm not saying it's better, it's just different, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> so, the final email is from yes. Rebecca Bagley, a name I can say. Thank you. <laughs> uh, subject is, hi, Nick and Benji. Well, hi there. it's already a disappointment there, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> sorry, I'll do my best. Can you do the hi there? Oh, you're going to do hi there, you're going to read I'm it out. Anyway. I'm gonna, um, hi there. Is that okay? <laughs> is that what you want? <laughs> well, it's rather thrilling. Like, hi there. I started listening to your lovely audio dramas in a stressful, jobless stretch of time between college graduation and my first job, and I have not stopped since. No. Your stories are engrossing, expansive, and have introduced me to so many wonderful characters like Bernice Summerfield, new companions, and the good folks at UNIT. You all got me hooked initially with the eighth Doctor and Charlie Pollard, who I adore. 
So I had to follow the Eighth Doctor's adventures all the way through to now with Liv and Helen, who I adore just as much. Big Finish has made the Doctor, with some of the least amount of time on screen, one of my favourite Doctors. After after listening to all your Eighth Doctor content, I thought I would try to re-watch, or in some cases see for the first time, earlier Doctor episodes and listen to Big Finish audio dramas in order. So, after watching Warriors of the Deep, I listened to some Fifth Doctor, Tegan and Turlough stories. I'm finding this a fantastic way to experience Doctor Who, because I get to see the characters, and especially the companions, have a greater character development than they were given the chance for in the show, without the development being retrospective for me, if that makes sense. Yes. Your stories have given me a greater appreciation for each character. Big Finish has added enthralling stories to each Doctor's range, and I hope it never ends. Yeah. As soon as I found that you all did Blake 7 audio dramas as well, I immediately started listening to it. I even got my dad listening to it. We particularly loved The Return of Baben, played by Colin Baker. (laughs) Although I'm still working on getting him to try some of your Doctor Who stories as well, I think the sheer size of your Doctor Who library may be a bit intimidating for him. Yeah. Joining the heated debate on the extra sound. Here we go. I'm going to agree with the listener from last week's podcast. Personally, I've never found the sound abrasive, but since it's in previous releases, too many for me to count, I don't think I'll even have time to miss it if you change it, as I still have so many audio dramas from the Big Finish range that are still unlistened to. I'm working on it. To end this too too long email, I want to add my enthusiasm to the many who have already expressed theirs at Christopher Eccleston, continuing to be part of more fantastic Doctor Who stories. He is my first Doctor, and I have been loving his return to Doctor Who. I hope you both and everyone at Big Finish are doing well and having a lovely day wherever they are. My thanks to everyone at Big Finish. For the love of stories. Yay! Rachel from Massachusetts, USA. Ah, Rachel. I particularly love the use of y'all. In the, yes! Yeah, very, very American. Yeah. Which, which you are. So thank you so much for writing in. That was just lovely. That was just a warm bath of niceness, wasn't it? Yes, and incorporating... Big Finish Doctor Who with TV Doctor Who, I think it's uh, an interesting, a very long project, I think. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of uh, Warriors of the Deep, though? Well, I don't, <laughs> it's not top of most people's list, is it? Of uh, Let's leave Doctor. it there. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect me to say? <laughs> I just wanted a, a slight whiff of controversy Uh, uh, that is it you'll be relieved to hear from this week's emails we very much look forward to reading more next time which is in fact next week actually yeah here we go as you regular listeners will know the randomoid (laughs) selector tron is getting into gear as we speak preparing to offer you a 25 percent discount on a randomly selected big finish release an amazing saving wow We'll also be going behind the scenes with Stingray, Terrorfake, and teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Stark Ops, The High Frontier 2. But first, here come the robots. We head back to Kaldor for more exciting revelations in the expanded world behind the big Finnish Doctor Who companion, Liv Chenka. Who I created, actually. Da-da-da. This production is respectfully dedicated to Chris Boucher, the architect of Kaldor and the Robots, and so many frontier worlds. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley, and I have directed The Robots, Volume 6. Another few weeks of therapy and you'll be more, you know, like the old me. 
Oh, I don't know. I was thinking maybe a new, improved version. Right, if you could gather in your groups, please. I'll never be that person again, Liv. You need to start coming to terms with that. When we first started talking about the robots and what it might be, David spoke to Nicola and asked Nicola if there was anybody she would really like to work with. That may have been a, a question unrelated to the robots thinking about it. And so the two things may have sort of um, come together a bit more serendipitously. But I remember David asking the question and, and Nicola instantly said, Claire Rushbrook. So that was our introduction to Claire Rushbrook. Uh, and I can see why, having worked with them both, it's obvious why they just get on so well together. Clearly enjoy each other's company as well as enjoy working together and working with each other and, and have such a, a hoot doing it. And that's really important. We we always feel that's important anyway. We try to encourage people to um, have fun, people who don't know each other, maybe don't even know each other at all. We, we try to encourage fun and playfulness during a, a recording. But those two just hit the ground running. It's a hoot. I'm Helen Goldwyn and I am the writer. Perhaps it's just the current climate of unrest? It's more than that. Someone on that course is deliberately stirring things up. And I'm relying on the Chenkers to find out who. Well, one of the many amazing things about working for Big Finish is that we get to work with incredible actors who we've formerly only admired from afar. And so to write for people like Nicola Walker and Claire Rushbrook in the roles of, of Liv and Tula uh, is really such a privilege because you know your words are going to be acted by people who are really masters of their craft. And so you have to have their voices in your head and you have to really up your game because you know also that they're used to working on top-notch drama. So you can't uh, phone it in. You have to really play to their standard. And uh, yeah, that's that's a bit of pressure as well. But it's, it is a real privilege to, to know that that's who's going to be uh, playing those parts. My name is Nicola Walker and I play Livchenka. My name is Claire Rushbrook and I play Tula Chenka. Oh, Wendy. Liv, you don't have to do this. Oh, a bit bossy there. Starting to sound more like your old self. I think they're just by their nature exposing, aren't they? I mean, even if Liv and Tula weren't uh, slightly introverted, pained, characters I think uh, everyone finds that set up challenging at times even though the outcomes are you know brilliant and worthwhile yeah it's about collaboration isn't it which is what differentiates human beings really from a lot of other species I don't know that's a doctor who word we've just been using a lot um human beings collaborate and that oh, yeah trying to get human beings to to do it better has been made into a business. That's very funny. I didn't. I didn't know that Helen had been involved with that. That's why that um, the 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 character that leads the um, leads the group is so funny and accurate. Also, in terms of understanding the characters, I had to very much kind of put them into these categories that I know from training work. You know, I worked for a few years as a a behavioural training consultant, so specialising in communication and personality type. And when I write or when I act as well, I try and kind of see where these characters fall into these categories that I used to use in my training work. And that comes out very much in this script as well. It's very influenced by that experience of being a training consultant and uh, using all these different kind of psychological and psychometric models. Um, and Liv and Tula are 
kind of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of personality because Liv is free and instinctive and doesn't really care that much what people think of her. She just does what she thinks she needs to do in order to be true to herself and her instincts. And Tula is more conscious of reputation and how she's perceived and wanting to kind of progress. She's ambitious, but you know, she doesn't want to really overtly tread on any toes. She's more cautious. And so it's quite an interesting dynamic between the two of them. In terms of my, my training work, we would put them at opposite ends of the kind of personality model. And often those types clash, which makes for interesting drama as well. I am Beth Chalmers and I am playing Laurel and SV113. I am Joshua, Joshua Riley, and I play I am Lisa Armitage and I am playing Yinka, who is the edutech. Our start- I'm sure that edutech said they'd done some lovely bonding earlier in the course. Mm, I've worked with Laurel. She can be abrasive. You don't say. For me, with Yinka, I think she's she is herself role-playing a lot because she's not really a facilitator. That's her um, that's her role. So that underneath this is someone who cares a lot about robots and and what it might do to them if you actually have a being which is incredibly intelligent and has all these feelings and yet is in a subservient role and she really she really cares so but there's an, a bit of naivety in that as well I think so there's I, for me I felt like there was a, a mixture of certain amount of toughness but also a bit of naivety that she didn't know really what she was getting in into and she wants to do the best for these creatures but she doesn't realize just what they're going to be like in reality it was you who found your mother's body after she fell i never told anyone that how could you know the clues were all there Laurel, my character Laurel, uh, she comes across at the beginning as very uh, aggressive and defensive and uh, and a bit chippy and a bit uh, acerbic. And then you realise that she's just driven with guilt and fear, the guilt of an early trauma, childhood trauma, and the fear because she developed these robots. So she, and she knows that something isn't right. And I think she is terrified of of what's beginning to happen and and what might be unleashed because she just she knows. There's a rumblings and of something which is uh, which is not fantastic. So uh, yeah, so you start off thinking, oh, just stop it, would you? And hopefully at the end of it, you get her a little bit more. And so and on the other end of the scale, playing SV 113, who of course can't have much trauma, early trauma. She's just entirely um, appropriating other people's memories and appropriating other people's reactions and learning emotions. So it means she can be as disingenuous and sinister as you like. So she's much, she was fun to play because maybe she wasn't in, in, in much pain, but then Laurel was fun to play because she was. So win-win. It just knows what to say. Haven't you noticed? Probably since I removed most of its constrainers. You did what? I knew there was something dangerous about that robot. He's quite interesting, actually. I think he's someone who's kind of suffering emotionally, probably in his work life, probably in his home life, and really just needs a bit of a break. I think he's getting a lot of the blame put on him in this particular episode. He's having to fight his corner a lot. 
but I think we see a nice reach for Hayes and we can see we can sort of see in his like journey how you know underneath there is a really sort of like a a vulnerable person who really cares about other people and well I, I hope that would come across and remember just go to bigfinish.com and type the robots into the search pane at the top to find this great series packed with brilliant scripts breathtaking landscapes and superb acting and remember it's out this week on thursday 13th of april of course i meant to type soundscapes but it says landscapes so oh, i wonder i thought well maybe it has got great landscapes i don't know <laughs> i did wonder about that when I... yes and lovely wallpaper uh <laughs> Don't forget, we'll be drama-teasing you with Star Cops, The High Frontier 2 at the end of this podcast. Just up your street if you love a bit of science fiction packed with action and emotional impact. But in the meantime, it's... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. Now, Benji already usually has it up on a web browser. I'm going to have to find it. And the funny thing is, I think that Hannah Newman, who created it, Uh randomoid select... Oh, it's a real thing! Yeah, well, well, she made it after we used to do random things. She said, look, I've made a site that randomly selects (laughs) things. Uh, From Yeah, she spells it differently, but here it is. Uh, So I'm going to press the thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's got a clip from a Peter Capaldi episode, so that's how long ago Uh she made it. Here we go. Okay. Oh, this is very familiar to you. This is Doctor Who, the lure of the nomads. Oh, right. Yeah, and I know it's I know it's one of yours because the um, cover is by Lee Johnson. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and you like to commission him? I I did. Yes, because he worked on Doctor Who: The Complete History, which uh, uh, I I was editor of. So yes, uh, that's yeah. That feels like. Uh, from my personal point of view, that's comparatively recent history. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, there you go. Yes, and it had, um, and I'm, t- I'm going to forget his name. George the, Sear. Uh, well, George, yes, but George was. Uh, I, I wasn't going to say him, but he played the the companion. Well, I won't say anything else about it. Yeah. Yes, he's the companion. Who else but, is it? Uh, no, I was going to uh, say um, the the guy who played Garth Marenghi. Oh uh, yes. In. Uh, uh, and who was actually just uh, uh, as we speak on tour with a new Garth Marenghi show, basically. And Garth Marenghi being a sort of bad '80s uh, horror author. That's the character he plays. It's a send-up character, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so, what's his name? Oh, Matthew Holness. Yes, Matthew Holness. And yes. I, I apologise for forgetting his name. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, he was in it, and uh, it was lovely to work with him. Um, and I, I knew him from. Garth Marenghi TV series uh, and he was thrilled to be in it I think he I remember he asked Colin Baker to sign the VHS cover for Twin Dilemma or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah. that's so Garth Marenghi as well yes. oh god we must get him back in mustn't we yes he was very good very nice and uh, very key and a writer as well you know so um, uh, he might be up for, for writing something that would be interesting wouldn't it um, here's yeah. the trailer Oh. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. The instructions now entered into our exoskeleton CPU state that intruders must be eliminated. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Get off! Get off! Get the hell off Please me. be aware that we do not wish to kill you. That's fine by me! We simply have no choice in the matter. No! 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 Doctor Who, the lure of the nomad. 
I think I know that tune. The March of the Myriad? Why here? And in this time period? Mr. Drazen, everybody who's watching this is bound to be wondering, what's the story behind your acquisition of this vessel? The story is, I saw it, I wanted it, and now it's mine. Forgive me, I don't think we've been properly introduced. I am known as the Doctor. And I am Willoway. <gasps> when you say the Doctor, do you mean THE Doctor? The time-travelling, shape-shifting Doctor? The Doctor? Never heard of him. Once you meet him, you won't ever forget him. He makes quite an impression. And what are you to him? He likes to call me his travelling companion. I'm Matthew, 1T. Sharp, with an E. So, just to clarify, none of you want to kill us? We do not, but our exoskeletons have been programmed to kill you. Please believe that we wish no part of this. The taking of any life is against the Makara Code. We simply have no choice. Big finish. We love stories. There we are. Um, now, um, I've got to email Jackie Emery to tell her about this so she can set it live. Right. I used to be able to do it myself, but they won't let me now because obviously I was just, <laughs> I don't know, what, whatever I you broke did it. wrong. I must have broken it, yeah. Uh, so while I do that, can you, will you know how people get their 25% discount? I usually get Benji to do it in a silly voice, but I'm just the challenge this time. Uh, right. That's just the same as what I said before, isn't it? No, no. The particular way you get it. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I've sent the email to Jackie. Right. So I will now explain. Okay. Uh, what you do is you go to the Big Finish website. <laughs> and you go to the podcasts and you see the latest podcasts and you click on it. And in the text, it says the Randomoid Selectatron also features offering you a 25% reduction oh. on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code BUCKUP, B-U-C-K-U-P, all capital letters, all one word. And that's how you get it. I oh, see. I'd never have known that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good job you remembered. So. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I've just got an out-of-office reply from Jackie. Uh, she's she's on holiday, so. Oh well, wonder, no one no one's going to get it happen. then, are they? <laughs> no, maybe I should uh, should I send it to Sue as well on the off chance that she might. Yeah, she'll know what to do with it. Oh, but... she yeah, absolutely, she will. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to let the cat in because it's making a noise. So, hold well. on. John's cat features. Is this Stanley? I won't give up, Ethan, will you? I think it's. I'm back, sorry. Okay. What was the release called? I've got to find it again now. It's disappeared off my... No, Lure of the Nomad. Lure of the Nomad. That's a good job we're not doing it live. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would make this witty and interesting. Uh, Well, nice one, Ran. Uh, Spectacular choice. In a break with our usual format, we still have one more release to share with you. Out this week on Friday the 14th of April, we return to the glorious worlds of Jerry and Sylvia Anderson with a brand new episode of Stingray. I'm doing that because that's sort of the tune. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> the theme tune, sort of. And uh, for those of you who've never encountered it, it was originally a super marionation series. That's with marionettes, uh, puppets, great models and masses of explosions and ultra dramatic music by the wonderful Barry Gray, actually. Um, concerning the exploits of the World Aquanaut Security Patrol, WASP, 
uh, specifically Troy Tempest and his valiant crew aboard the Super Sub Stingray. Stand by for action! It's Nick Briggs here, uh, playing Commander <laughs> Shaw and King Tyson. And I'm joined here, of course, by Mark Silk, who played uh, Troy Tempest. There he is, there he is. And Wayne Forrester. Hi, Marina. Uh, Wayne Forrester, who played uh, everyone else. <laughs> Hi there. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Hello, hello. And Jules DeYoung, who, who played Atlanta Shaw, of course. Hello, hello. That's, that's Atlanta saying hello. <laughs> uh, Raquel Welsh, who played Marina. No, nothing from Raquel. She's not talking. And uh, Ben Page, who was the Aquafibians. Oh, uh, hi. Hey, Ben. How are you? <laughs> Hello. I'm Ben Page, and I played the Aquafibians. So this has been another clean feed uh, recording. So uh, we've been distant from each other. And um, Mark, could you explain to us how we recorded today? Yeah. We each recorded from our own separate locations, so I'm in my studio um, and others are in either their studios or in, uh, hidden inside a wardrobe with a blanket on their head. <laughs> and we link up with each of our microphones, connected to our computers, connected to our internet connection, and then it means we can all link up and hear each other live in super-duper crispy audio. And it's really like being, it's, as far as we're concerned, in terms of performance, it sounds like we're in a studio with each other, except we don't need to leave the room. <laughs> Superbly yeah. done, Mark. Uh, Wayne, um, well, what was uh, unique about this recording in terms of the sequence we recorded in? Let me put it that way. Well, for the first time, uh, we went right the way through the script as if we were doing a radio play <laughs> and tried mm. not to make any mistakes. But it was that was great because uh, we, we got really got a, a flow going with it. I mean, obviously, we did make some mistakes. We pick up where we went off, but but that was terrific because it, you know, it really got a good pace going for it, and um, great hilarity ensued. We did that <laughs> twice, and I think we got it right on the second go. I'm not sure. There was, Speak for yourself. <laughs> there was gold in the first take as well. Uh, Jules, how how was that experience for you? Were you expecting it? Did it uh, knock you off balance? Uh, no, I actually loved it. I was blown away a bit because I do have a sheet here saying who's playing what. But once we were in the flow of it, I couldn't remember whose voice was making that voice. I, it just, I was totally immersed. So well done, boys. Thank you, Jules. I just got sat, thank you, sat thank back you, and you. enjoy it. <laughs> it. Genuinely, even though we're performing in it, it's actually... Well, it's a good job it is. It's a really good listen. I mean, it's thoroughly <laughs> yeah, enjoying. Yeah. I, I found it entertaining just as, as the, one of the performers you know, as part of the, the episode. But it's it's a, a really fun listen. It's, it's very true. There's a lot of chuckling going on quietly yeah. in the background, which uh, <laughs> which will be cut out probably, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> the outtakes could be very mm. interesting. <laughs> and don't forget, Stingray, Terror Fake, will be released on Friday 14th of April. Just go to bigfinish.com and type... Terror fake into the search pane at the top to find it. Watch out for the Aquafibians. <laughs> Can you name all the members of the? Uh, uh, I thought you could group? name all the Aquafibians. <laughs> yeah, there's Og, Glog, <laughs> all the members of Stingray. Uh, as in the people who pilot it was phones. Phones was yeah. Ah, uh, that's right. And phones. And Troy, wasn't it? Didn't they just do it on their yeah. own? And, and, and Marina was there occasionally. Aqua Marina, who Aqua doesn't. Marina. She's great on audio because she doesn't speak. Oh, and what was the girl? She was Lois Maxwell, wasn't she? Played. Yeah. She? Yes. 
Atlanta Shire. Atlanta, that's right, yes. She was sort of slightly frustrated in love with Troy, wasn't she? But he he was in love with Marina, is that right? <laughs> There's something like that going on. But it was all a little bit subtle, wasn't it? Well, I'd advise you to watch it again. It's oh, not that subtle. Is it not? Oh, wow, excellent. No, I haven't I haven't seen it for a long time. I did watch the first episode of Captain Scarlet recently, which I, again, hadn't seen for a very long time. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, when I say it's not subtle, the romance, I mean, there isn't, there wasn't a sort of intimacy. to. They're not jumping into bed with each other. (laughs) Well, I was trying to be more subtle about it. And of course, there's uh, Commander Shaw, who who I play. I can imagine you'd do a very good Commander Shaw. That was it. That's as good as it gets. (laughs) And also, I play Mighty Titan. Yeah. Yes. I really enjoyed playing him. Yeah. (laughs) And and I wrote Terra Fake as well, just in case you wanted any confirmation. Wasn't there? Is this in your story? Wasn't there a sort of man who lived on an island and oh. all, all his things folded away to keep them secret? X two zero, X two zero. Oh, oh so Peter Larry kind That's of. That's right. I don't, I don't do that. Um, uh, Wayne Forrester does that voice for this one. So was he in league with the Aquafibians then? Was he was. Yes. Oh, is that he was, was an agent for the Mighty Titan who kept appearing on a screen and saying, "You imbecile! Oh, Mighty Titan, please!" Ah, and is he in your? story of course oh was he in every episode i don't know i can't remember he was in a lot of them (laughs) right okay i don't think he was in every single episode and i have him um to (laughs) i have him pretending to be a world aquanaut security patrol official or government official turning up with a sort of stupid mask on (laughs) Good. <laughs> anyway, I'm giving away the plot. Uh, uh. <laughs> next week's podcast features um, Torchwood. Uh, launch date, it's called. And uh, the worlds of Doctor Who, Rani takes on the world beyond Bannerman Road, which is oh. a sort of sequel to the Sarah Jane um, adventures. So, thanks again to all of you for listening. The oh. Big Finish podcast is presented by me, John Ainsworth, sure. not Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. I love the way I didn't. I did the autocorrect there, so it actually says John Clifford. I know. I corrected it. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and both John and I did this for, for the, the love of stories. stories. Oh, that was dreadful. <laughs> I'm leaving it. Like you left a massive pause. <laughs> we'll have another go. Okay. Three, two, one. For, for the, the love of stories. <laughs> because our internets are out of sync. And finally on the Big Finish podcast, Star Cops, The High Frontier 2, Old Flame, New Fire by Alison Winter. You're going on holiday? Don't think I'm going to believe that until I get there. Scared Nathan will call you back. 
Wouldn't surprise me. All that to and froing. First thing needed all hands on deck digging for information on the collective. Yeah, well, that's been fruitless. Exactly. Then that smug lady from personnel told, or rather threatened me, to remove my body from space before the end of this month. We all have to do it, Divas. All employees on Moonbase have to return to Earth periodically. Musculoskeletal well-being. I know. I booked me seven days and was looking forward to it, but Nathan saw fit to swap my week with Kenzie's. You haven't been to Liverpool before? No. She only booked it after talking to you. You harping on about your homeland, the healing waters of the Wirral. Now I've got a week in a sodding spa hotel. You could do a lot worse, you know. Hey, Kenzie's probably booked you a massage. You'll be a new man. Oh, very nice. I was thinking more bar than spa, but mustn't grumble. What are you up to? Family thing, was it? It's me mum's birthday. I missed the last couple, so I promised. But I'm not stopping long. She having a party? She's having a few people over. The thing is, everyone will want to talk to the spaceman and I'll spend the whole time fielding annoying questions and conspiracy theories. Oh, screw that. I'd rather have a wax. <laughs> right then, apart from getting me nails done, what's there to see and do? Mm, you've got the McCartney Museum, if you like classic music. There's nothing like a walk around the docks. And the open-top buses are world-class. Oh. It does the Three Graces on the waterfront. The Three Graces? Graces. The famous building. Nathan. What is it? Lovely to see you too. Sorry. My head's in other things. Something you need. I just thought I'd update you on a discovery I made in the canteen. Coffee machine been repaired yet? (laughs) Thankfully, yes. I'm now highly caffeinated when I should have been severely relaxed. Yes, I'm sorry to keep having to cancel your leave and your spa trip. I'm sure Devis will appreciate it. Don't mention it. I'm afraid your responsibilities as acting chief superintendent make it harder to get away. I'll make sure you can take your leave soon. Machines have uninterrupted power sources, but human beings need to recharge. Otherwise, mistakes get made. Is that so? Legend has it that rest and organic substances, that's food, by the way, can help a human perform at maximum efficiency. Very funny. And look what I've found. Taste bud? Taste bud, also known as glutamic tryptamine. In this little sachet is a psychoactive compound that enhances flavour. You know how your sense of taste depletes out here after a while and everything tastes beige? Well, what's wrong with salt? It's a bit stronger than salt, Nathan. Though not necessarily, quote, any more psychoactive than coffee, so Taste Bud claims. Few drops on the tongue, Taste Buds have a field day, neural receptors go for a spin and everything's tasty. Everything's tasty? (laughs) So I've read. I haven't partaken, if that's what you're suggesting. It's used on Earth to combat loss of taste or enhance salads. It's just not approved for use on Moonbase. Well, it shouldn't be here. I know. But it is here? Yes. Well, stop it then. I am. I had a name and I was trying to talk to her about it, but she's in the sick bay with radiation sickness. What? Apparently her dosimeter failed and didn't notify her of rising radiation levels in a risk area. Doctors won't let me in at the moment. A dosimeter failed? Well, how is that even possible? Beats me. Personnel were being a bit cagey. Oh, were they? 
Hmm. I'm going back to sickbay later. I'll find out more then. Good. Look, I've got reams to go over with the data team, so I've appreciated if you can get on top of this contraband problem. Easily done. At least it's fairly innocent. Well, I don't believe in innocuous contraband, Kenzie. If it hasn't been through the correct protocols or approved supplies, it's a risk, whether it's flavour sachets or teddy bears. I know, Nathan, but sometimes a teddy bear is just a teddy bear. Not on the moon, it isn't. I'll find out where it's coming from. Don't you worry. Good. Look, I'll never forget the horror story they told me in my first year of training. Nigeria, 2009. 84 children killed by a batch of teething syrup. It contained an industrial solvent found in antifreeze and brake fluid. But it was labelled teething syrup. Is the point. Point taken. I'm off to my meeting. Let me know what you find out. Divas, you'd better be making the most of this. There you go. Liverpool. Earth gravity. I hate this part. It's like being made of lead, even with the jabs. You'll be light as a feather soon. Now, the Sun King Spa Hotel is just over there behind the Liverpool Museum. Enjoy it. Where are you off to? Shopping. Acclimatise the muscles with a nice meander. Have a good one, Davis. Yeah, yeah. Hi, booking under the name Pal Kenzie. Kenzie, Pal, replacement guest, Inspector Colin Davis. Welcome to a week of serenity. Your treatment schedule is now on your device. Your biometrics, including your voice pattern, have been stored on our service to enhance and secure your experience. Your data will be erased in seven days in accordance with your right to be forgotten. To accept, please say consent. Consent. Please enjoy full access to our facilities. Right. Knots and crosses. First edition. It's in good nick. Price you pay for real books. Agatha Christie. Can't go wrong. (laughs) Inspector? Looking for closer inspiration. Anton? You truly are always at work. Uh, What are you doing here? Courier job brought me up here. I'm stopping over and thought I'd have a browse. I see. You look well. I am well, thank you. And you look like zero gravity has been good to you. (laughs) I'm not sure that's true, but it's kind of you to say. So you still driving then? Of course. Only thing I'm good at. No, it's not. But I remember you're never happier than behind the wheel. Uh, Not much change there. 
It's my kind of peace. No drama. No? Not anymore. Good. Actually sounds nice. And you? Here in the real world, aliens give you the day off? Don't you start. I've got a whole afternoon of this later. You seen any aliens? Arrested any aliens? You been possessed by any aliens? Well, these are completely reasonable questions. Well, <laughs> it's better than... You know, what happens when you throw up in zero gravity? <laughs> <laughs> Never tell me. <laughs> Deal. So, no aliens, but you're still fighting crime and relaxing from fighting crime by spending quality time with murder mysteries. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Look, I don't usually hang out in crime sections in my time off. <laughs> I'm kidding. You get your mom an antique book before you go to the barbecue. Birthday traditions, when you're on Earth. You remembered? You stalking me? <laughs> yes. Well, that was a quick investigation. How did you know I was back? I didn't. I, I was hoping to see you and the fates aligned. I can go if you want, but if you have time, maybe a coffee or talk. Are you in some kind of trouble? Who, me? Never. <laughs> no, never. Straight and narrow, clean as a whistle, no tricks and other English idioms. Just... Uh, I was angry before. Anton. Please. Let me say my piece, without the un-English shouting, this time. You owe me that, I think. Okay, was worth a try. But if I turn back, broken-hearted, to a life of crime... Oi! All right. <laughs> I have a bit of time. Just let me pay for this. Do you want me to keep searching for information on Alice Okoro, Nathan? Uh, yes, and anything pertaining to the collective. Box, how difficult is it to cover up making edits to digital files? It should not be possible. All edits are recorded and protected by complex firewall sequences. Oh. Okay. Could this be circumvented by experts in data fraud? I mean, could someone cover their tracks when editing files? Digital parameters and vulnerabilities are in continual flux using extensive keychains and unguessable sequences. The only likely match for the data log firewall is another AI. Uh, two computers playing chess. Pernicious machine learning. Yes, Nathan. Screen on. Contact Inspector Davis. Oh, this better be good, boss. Sorry, Davis, just very quickly, that security refresh last month, uh, was there anyone on Moonbase involved? No, it's all remote, uh, groundside. Digital Defence managed the whole thing. It did mean resetting things on Moonbase. I remember our techies bitching and moaning about it. Resetting? Yeah, passwords, re-scrambling of data, all had to be reset for security reasons. So, Earthside pushed for a reset, but it was someone here who would have reconfigured it all. Yeah, why? Uh, I've had another call. Thanks, Davis. You're welcome. Go ahead, Kenzie. I had the taste bud analysed. It is just taste bud, so that's reassuring. I'm still looking into where it came from, but you should know that there are more people in sickbay, all with radiation sickness. How many? Five now. And all due to failing dosimeters. 
How long have you come back down to Earth for? Only three days. Not long enough to adjust to the gravity. We don't bounce so well here. I don't know. You always seem to bounce back. I'm so sorry for the things I said the last time I saw you. You just found out your friend was an undercover cop, and you got nipped. It was a shock. An undercover cop who stuck his neck out for me in the end, despite my bad choices. I was there. I saw it all. You didn't have much of a choice. Ah, easy. They're always doing that. I used to have problems with them back in the day. Scumbags on skates, me pal Davis calls them. They mug you, do anything for cash. Troublemakers. So, how's life treating you? Good. Uh, I have my own company now. Makowski Couriers. Uh, I drive everywhere. Me and the radio. Peaceful. Away from too many people. You still got Claudette? Claudette the second. <laughs> Engine fell out. Uh, I now have Claudette the third. She's a good girl. And you're behaving yourself? Always. So, if you get pulled over tomorrow, you won't be shocked to discover your cargo's highly illegal? That was just one time. You fixate on these things. Not just one time, for several months. Everyone makes mistakes. I ask the right questions now. Oh, yeah? Like, by any chance, is the 20 million pounds worth of Class A drugs stuffed in between these sweet potatoes? Oh, shut up. You're on holiday. No rules. There are always rules. See? Same man. Even when you pretend to be a sweet potato criminal, you are uptight about the rules. I didn't want to get shot. But you made the right choice. And that's what counts. We wouldn't have succeeded without your help. I know. I got off lightly. As long as you're making the most of it now. A second chance. You flirted with me. No, I didn't. You did. You distracted the guard. And I was the guard. Mind! What's the problem? Are you okay? You seem a bit twitchy. I'm not! Look, I know you. Every time you saw a police car, you became the guiltiest person in the world, even if the truck was empty. Everyone does that. My grandmother does that. We do not have your poker face. Comes with the training. They make me nervous, that's all. I'm just not used to all the people. They don't always like people like me. Come on. Know a chilled out place we can sit and talk away from the madden crowd. Thank you. I hate the mad crowd. Big finish for the love of stories.